Today I've entitled my message, What is it? What is this thing that is in the earth? And we read in Exodus chapter 16 and verse 15, the children of Israel are out there and uh, in, the, in the wilderness. And one morning they, they wake up and when the mist clears, there's these flakes all over the ground. And it says, so when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Manna. Actually, manna is the Hebrew word for what is it? The children of Israel woke up one morning and their world had dramatically changed. They were looking at something they had never seen before and it was everywhere. What what is it? And that's what I'm asking. What is it, Lord? What is this coronavirus? What is it? What is this thing that we have never seen before? What is this thing that has covered the earth? Manna came down from heaven. COVID-19 came up from hell. It seeks to steal and to kill and destroy. And it's all around us. And it doesn't look like it's leaving or going away easily or quietly. It almost seems like a, a doomsday script from an apocalyptic movie. Like a, like a giant cyclops. You know, in Greek mythology, the, the cyclops was this giant one-eyed monster. And it seems like, what, what's going on? What is it, Lord? It's like this huge Goliath that has stepped out into the valley of Elah, taunting, intimidating, and terrorizing the world. You know, when David saw Goliath, so David lived not far from the valley of Elah, and he was there going down to bring supplies to Saul's, his brothers were in Saul's army. And so he, and he approaches, and as he approaches, there's Goliath standing out there in the valley, and David asked the question, he said, who, who is this? What, 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 what is it? What's going on here? Who is this? In, in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 26, he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistines that he, should, that, that he should be defying the armies of the living God? David said, what's going on? What is this? Who is this? And over these next two Sundays, I want to share with you what I believe about the coronavirus. I believe it's four things. First off, I believe it's a giant. We are facing a giant. The whole world, the whole earth, we are facing a giant. But here's what we know about giants. Giants introduce us to ourselves. 
When you face a calamity or a catastrophe, it will expose you to yourself. Giants teach us a lot about ourselves. Giants reveal who we are and where we are as a person. And can I say, it reveals who we are and where we are as a Christian and as a church. Saul's men, his soldiers, they were confronted for weeks. Imagine, every single day, for weeks, they were confronted by Goliath and his taunting. And they were found hiding behind rocks and shrubs. You don't know who you are or what you are made of until you face a giant. David the shepherd did not become David the king until Goliath the giant disclosed him and defined him. In the valley of Elah, the giant revealed kings and cowards, warriors and warriors, fighters and fakers, soldiers and posers, What is this Cyclops, this COVID-19 revealing in me? Has it found me standing up or crouching down? What is it revealing in you? Have you been shrinking back or pressing in? Would you say these last five months have made you more fearful or faithful? How has COVID-19 marked me? How has it stamped me? What's happened to me? What's happened to my commitment? Has it weakened or strengthened? I believe the coronavirus is a giant And giants not only defy us, they define us. They tell us the truth about ourselves. You do not know who you are until you stand before a giant obstacle. What is it? What is it, Lord? What is this thing that's covering the earth? It's a giant. I also believe it's a sifter, a sifter, and it is sifting right now while I speak wheat from chaff. You know, John the Baptist said two things about Jesus. John said that when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then he also said this in Matthew Chapter 3 and verse 12. He had just said, when, when he comes, he, will, he said, I'm not worthy, you know, to undo his, uh, his shoes. When he comes, he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then he said this, his winnowing fan is in his hand. His fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. He will gather his wheat into the barn, 
and he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. I believe COVID-19 is a sifter, and it is sifting the wheat from the shaft. Carrie Newhoff, this past week or so, said this. He said 48% of churchgoers say that they have not watched any online service in the last four weeks. Carrie says, let that sink in for a minute. He said, almost half of all churchgoers haven't done any online or in-person church in a month. Now let me ask you this. Is COVID-19 ruining the church or revealing the church? COVID-19 is a sifter and it is sifting and separating in the church the consumers from the consumed. Are you a consumer, Christian? Or are you a consumed Christian? We're often accused in the Western world of providing you know, a consumer Christianity. Come to church early. We'll make you a breakfast roll and we'll have a nice cappuccino. We'll have some beautiful car park attendant helping you park and we'll put a clown in the children's church. Come and consume what we have. But the truth is consumer Christianity has been around for a long, long time. And we read in John chapter six, the amazing story of how Jesus performed this Spectacular miracle of feeding 5,000 men with five loaves and two fish. And in verse 12, it says this, and they were all filled and satisfied. Look, I have been to the very spot where this happened. It is amazing. You can just imagine the warm afternoon sun, the grass, the flowers, the Sea of Galilee is just right out there below you. The sun's on you, and they've just eaten from the master's miracle. And the Bible says they are so satisfied, sun and grass and ocean and filled up, and they are so satisfied. But verse 12, or verse, that verse 12 says they are so satisfied. But verse 24 takes us now to the next day. Now that night, Jesus goes across the water and he goes to Capernaum. And so they wake up the next day and they come in verse 24 looking for him. They're looking for him. They, they've remembered the sun and the, and, the, and, the, and the sea and the miracle and the loaves and the fishes. And so they come to him looking for more loaves and fishes. They were consumers. But Jesus that day in Capernaum spoke to them about being consumed. And he said to them, I am the bread. I am what has come down from heaven. I'm not just the bread maker and the bread provider. I am the bread. And he said, today, I'm not offering loaves and fishes. I'm offering my body and my blood. And it didn't take long for a huge crowd of consumers to become a small core 
of consumed Christians. And Jesus, as they walked away, Jesus looks over at that little core that's left, and he said, are you leaving too? And that little core said, where would we go? Only you, only you, only you have the words of life. And we read this in John 666. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. You know, it's almost like 48% of all churchgoers, haven't done any online or in-person church in a month. Are you yawning or yearning? Are you boring or burning? Is this COVID-19 sifter making you a part of the gathering or the scattering? Wheat is being separated from shaft. Sheep are being separated from goats. Gold and silver are being separated from wood and hay and stubble. In Colossians chapter four and verse 14, I read this chapter every four days because I'm reading the book of Colossians one chapter after another, and I just keep repeating. And so every four days, I read this verse of Scripture in verse 14, and it says this, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Every four days, I read that Scripture, and it's filled with emotion for me. Because in that verse of Scripture, we have a consumed Christian, Luke, the beloved physician. And we have a consumer Christian, Demas. You see, that epistle was written from Rome with Luke and Demas there at around 62 AD. But about five years later, Paul writes his last epistle in about 67 AD to Timothy. It's his second letter to Timothy. And here's what he says now, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. The New Living Translation says it like this, Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life. A consumer Christian says, for me to live is convenience and to buy is gain. But a consumed Christian says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Philippians 1.21. The consumer is focused on things below. The consumed are focused on things above. Colossians 3.2. The consumer pulls out his card and says, today is a good day to buy. The consumed picks up his cross and says, today is a good day to die. The consumer Christian wants to be pleased, appeased, and placated. The consumed Christian wants to be convicted and constrained and compelled. Are you 
part of the crowd or part of the core. And you know, we really don't know. We really don't know the answer to that question until there is a sifting. And then in the sifting, we find out. David said in Psalm 139 and verse 23, he said, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. The next verse, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Oh, God, point out if there's any shaft wrapped up in this wheat. I love the way the Passion Translation says, verse 23, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out anything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious thoughts. I'm asking God to deliver me from a casual, convenient, cool, comfy, consumer Christianity. Burn. Burn it away, Lord. Burn the shaft out of me. Burn. When you put the fire to shaft, it burns. When you put it to wheat, it makes bread. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 and verse 29, our God is a consuming fire. I want to be consumed in his holy fire. I'm not here for the loaves and fishes. I'm here for the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Is COVID-19 wearing you down or firing you up? Some are falling more away from him. Some are falling more in love with him. And while consumers are being sifted, the consumed are being lifted to another place in God. I'm going to finish with the parable of the sower today. In Matthew chapter 13, what an amazing teaching Jesus gives. Matthew 13, these five verses or so here. Jesus says, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and there was, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. Others fell on good ground. Good ground. And yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And so Jesus tells this parable to the crowd. And the disciples found this so intriguing. And they came to him privately and they said, What's, what's the message here? What, what is, what's the point of this? What does this really mean? And so in verse 18... Jesus explains the parable to his followers, to his disciples. He says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. 
When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. He who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Joy, joy. Yet he has no root in himself and endures for a while. For a while. For when tribulation, you know, trouble, trials, testing. So when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful and probably unfaithful. But he who receives seed on the good ground, the good ground, is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. Jesus shows it all right here. He shows it right here for us in living, vivid, technicolor. My entire message today, Jesus shows us in this one parable. And so here are these four scenarios when the word of God goes forth. The first one over here is one does not comprehend. He just does not comprehend Christianity. That one does not comprehend. Two of them do comprehend, but they are casual and they are consumers. But one is consumed. He's a good... He's consumed. He contributes. He's, he's consumed. And he brings forth fruit. 100, 60, 30. Now let me ask you, family. Does the sifting cause this or uncover this? That's what sifting does. It doesn't cause anything. It just uncovers things. Cyclopses and sifters reveal what's in our heart and they show us the kind of soil that the seed has been planted in. What is this? What is this thing? Next week, I'm going to bring part two to this message. What is it? Because I believe it's a cyclops. It's a giant. Giants introduce us to ourselves. I believe it's a sifter. And the sifter is separating the consumers from the consumed. But I also believe it's a shaking. And it's a shaker. And God says in the book of Hebrews that he is going to shake everything that can be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken shall remain. I'm going to talk about that next week. And I also believe it's a setup for what God wants to do in the last days. And so next Sunday, gather as many people with you as you can. Start a watch party. Have people over for breakfast. Get your connect group together. Stand up in that praise and worship and join in and lean in with me as I continue to speak about what this is. And today, what are you going to do with this word? I love you. I'm with you. I'm with you in this. I'm with you all the way through this.